Hello, 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 everyone, and this is now. chica muy lucida, donde que andaba bailando en la discoteca, me la acerqué y le dije una guapa, y como un lobo, ya me lancé, me la llevé a platicar al oscurito, pues ese mango yo me lo quiere comer, de sus encantos me despaché solito, pero Jesús, al final yo me llevé, me dijo, me llamó Requén, y pensé, será ella o él, le agarré, y lo comprobé, me paré, y me eché a correr, mis amigos no me la acababa porque los perros son tras vestillos le eché hasta mi novia supo de mi regada solo por eso me dejó de querer La mañana la cruda me mataban y todo el día en mi cuarto me quedé del reventón yo no me acordaba nada solo que alguna chica hermosa me ligué me dijo me llamó Raquel y pensé si era ella o él y otra vez que la agarro y lo comprobé me paré y me eché a correr con mis amigos no me la acababan porque los perros al tras vestido le eché hasta mi morra supo de mi regada solo por eso me dejó de querer, me dijo, me llamó Raquel, y pensé, será ella o él, le agarré, y lo comprobé, me paré, y me eché a correr.
Just give me a few more minutes to see if any more people come in. Man, you can never go wrong with uh, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. That's one, probably one of my ba- my favorite bands of all time. Well, there's no sense in delaying the show anymore, so let's go ahead and get this show on the road, if you will. Chewbox, how are you doing this morning, man? I know you're out there working, grinding hard, making that money, money, money. What else is there to do? There's not really much else to do. I mean, think about it. You grow up, you want to be something... You try to be it, you fail, so you choose something else and you roll with that. I mean, although a lot of people who have legitimately, legitimately done exactly what they've wanted to do when they were growing up, I'm not sure if, welcome, the only crazy lady, how are you this morning or afternoon, depending on where you're at? I'm not sure if there's a lot of people who who's actually succeeded in being what they wanted to be when they grow up. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of plans. Oh, I'm doing fantastic, crazy lady. You know, I'm just grinding, trying to make it, trying to make it big. You know, it's, it's kind of difficult being the king of podcasting, but, you know, someone has to do it, so I might as well take that burden on myself. That's why I'm, I'm doing very well. But I wonder how many people out there literally have succeeded in being what they wanted to be when they went, when you went that whole, what do you want to do when you grow up? I know I didn't. I mean, it's not bad. I'm really glad that I didn't end up being what I wanted to be when I was growing up because I would have not been where I'm at now. And can you imagine the sorry saps? I mean, I, I, I say sorry saps, but I mean, I could be completely wrong. But can you imagine the people who wanted to be something so bad? And then, you know, for all oh, that's good, I'm glad your brother did. But there's a few out there, because I know there's one gentleman that I used to talk with. He wanted to become, he wanted to become a physician's assistant so bad when he was in high school. That's all he wanted to do. So he, he ended up being a physician's assistant. I worked, at, he, I worked at a hospital with him, and he was the most bitter, angriest individual I have ever met. And I asked him, I said, man, was it the job that, that made you this bitter? And he's like, no, man, I just didn't, I, I, I was completely wrong. I thought this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but it's not. And I was like, yo, then why don't you quit? He's like, I can't, I make too much money. If I did that, welcome, Bans, how are you today? He's like, if, if I quit, then what other job will I be able to get? that I'm making as much money as I'm making now. I say, oh, so now your love for the job ended up turning into the love for the money. Huh. I think that's one of the most difficult questions to, to be asked when you're a kid. What do you want to be when you grow up? 
And a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know exactly what they want to be, but you know, where when, uh, when they say that they want to do this thing and they, and then they ended up not doing it and then they regret it. And then they go into that life that they wanted to, and then they end up not wanting to. Exactly. When I was a kid, man, when I was a kid, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a foreman in the oil fields, just like my, 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 my pop pop. Then when I got older, I realized, damn, I don't want anything to do with the oil fields. But lo and behold, I ended up being in the oil fields pretty much my, my entire life. <laughs> well, not really my entire life. I was in and out of the oil fields for a lot of times. But, I mean, I, I'm glad for those who are able to do what they want and truly, truly love. But there are some that, despise every single bit and they're man i thought i wanted to be this when i grew up and you're absolutely right bands it's people are the the influence and the force and this is what you're going to be when you grow up and you know it's it's one of those those double-edged swords it's like do i want to do i really want to do this or do i um do i only want to do this because this is what i'm shown and taught and told i want to do it's one of those weird things well, hopefully everybody is doing a great morning. I mean, we have, you know what, hold on. Since we are on the subject, let's go ahead and play a, a motivational song for those who are in a rut, who don't like their jobs, but they have to do it. I feel like this song is going to be perfect for the occasion. Here we go. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. All of the reasons I was working for You better not try to stand in my way When I walk out the door Take this job and shove it I ain't working here no more I've been working in this factory Pretty close to 15 years I've seen some of my best friends Women Standing in a pool of tears I've seen a lot of kin folks dying Had a lot of bills to pay Lord, I'd give the shirt right off in my back If I had the guts to say Take this job and shove it I ain't a-working here no more My woman done left and took all of the reasons I was working for You better not try to stand in my way when I walk out All right, I just felt like that song was perfect. It was one of those songs where it just it just fit the right mood. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's perfect, bands. I'm glad I was able to 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 uh, have a song to resonate with exactly how you're feeling. You know, so let, on a on a side note, let's talk about my uh, my squirrel saga that's been going on. For those of you who have been in here, you remember me telling you that I literally have a couple of swinging polyamorous squirrels that live in my in my house. 
or not my house, but in the corner of my house in my bedroom. And usually every every day when I go to sleep, hey, how's it going, Bear 35? Glad, glad for you to join the show. Thank you very much. When, Whenever I try to lay down after I get off of work in the morning, it just seems like they are just having this fueled meth bend sex rump inside of my house. I mean, they're fighting and squealing. And I mean, I'm pretty sure I heard a squirrel say, smack me, daddy. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. Hey, how's it going? I, I don't know what your, your handle is, but we're going to say qfits.com or qfits.com. <laughs> but I mean, I'm pretty sure I heard one of the, the squirrels say, smack me, daddy, when they were getting it on in their morning. Well, I have sad news and good news for myself. The sad news is my dog ended take, took it upon herself to take out one half of the rompous couple inside of my, my, my corner of my house. According, according to my family, I was out at work and my dog Luna said, yo, my master needs to, my master needs some sleep. So I'm going to take care of you motherfuckers. And it's about to go down. My dog looked at the squirrel and said, hey, you got me all the way fucked up and took one out. I don't know if the squirrel is dead. For all I know, the squirrel is being nursed back inside of his little house, the little home. But from my understanding, there was blood, ass, and nuts everywhere. I don't know if it was the squirrel's nuts or the actual nuts from the squirrel that, that from the collection of the squirrel. I don't know. I don't know. But to my relief, there the sex rumpus and drug benders have actually gone down and I've actually been able to get some pretty decent rest without coming awake, like without the sound of a, of a multiple squirrels coming to try to attack my face. So that made me feel better. I mean, it sucks that the squirrel, you know, but it's nature, right? It, it's nature's course. It's one of those things where it, it was inevitable that my dog was going to get him. You're absolutely right, crazy lady. My dog was, it, and those squirrels taunted my dog every single day. The squirrels would literally bend over, smack their ass and say, ha, I bet you want a piece of this. And then they would take off running, taunting my dog. And my dog's like, yo, I don't like this shit. So I'm about to fuck everybody up. And she got one of them. Like I said, I'm happy because I don't hear them as much. I hear one squirrel. And I think the squirrel's mourning. Or she's getting ready to throw all his stuff out of the, the little hole, the hidey hole. <laughs> yeah, the, the, my, my dog, unless we get the dog back in, she will literally pass out from exhaustion from chasing the goddamn squirrels. So I'm, like I said, I'm glad that the squirrel might have been broken up from this, uh, this sex bend, but it, it's a bad. I mean, like I said, this was a squirrel saga that's been going on since I started the live. And I, I was I'm pretty sure everybody wanted to know what was going on with that. I mean, it is breaking news. <laughs> Speaking of breaking news, I have some very disturbing, very disturbing news that literally pissed me off so bad when I read this. Now, this topic, now, the, the news article that I'm going to read, I'm sure it's going to get some people angry depending on your beliefs. And I completely understand. Some people have strong beliefs about this. Some people have strong beliefs about that. But for me personally, it just, it pissed me off to the highest extent because it's not right. So let me get me let me get into the news article. An 11-year-old girl who became pregnant after she was raped by her 61-year-old step-grandfather in Bolivia will not terminate the child after her family her family refused the abortion. The family of the family of an 11-year-old girl who became pregnant after her 61-year-old stepfather allegedly raped her has refused to let her have an abortion. 
The young girl who cannot be named for legal reasons more than five months pregnant. She was allegedly raped by her stepfather's parent, who is half a century older than her in the Bolivian town of Yapacanis near Santa Cruz in the center of South American of the South American country. Abortion has been legal in Bolivia since 1970 in cases of alleged rape or sexual assault. However, it has only been able to be done without a court order since a constitutional ruling in 2014. So my, like I said, I know a lot of people have strong beliefs about this and strong beliefs about that. But however, in, uh, in the United States, just I think it was just a few months back, an 11-year-old female from Ohio just died from giving birth to a baby where she was forced to to birth because of the anti-abortion laws in that state. Now, again, I know a lot of people have strong beliefs about this and strong beliefs about that. But, you know, for me personally, I look at ethics and morals. I don't know how many people are okay with an 11-year-old caring to term a child and then birthing it when the child's body hasn't fully developed. I am 100% serious, crazy lady. 100% 100% right, Bear. He does need to die. However, in certain cases, it seems like, Alex75, welcome to the show. I feel like one of these things that that needs to be done, I mean, it not needs to be done, but it just seems like right. It just seems right. Why would you put that kind of torture and, and torment to an 11-year-old child because of someone else's beliefs? I mean, th- this is, but this it is literally life-threatening for the for the child to have birth at such a young age or to give birth. It, it's it sucks. I mean, like I said, I'm I again. I'm not saying go out and and you know have abortions every other day because you have the ability to. What I'm saying is that an 11 year old child who was raped should not be forced to have a child. You know, again, a lot of people might disagree with me, and that's fine. You're entitled to to your own opinion. However, can you look, can, for those of you who disagree, can you sit there, stand there, and be by the bedside of an 11-year-old child screaming and having to be watched by several doctors just so she wouldn't die? But in Ohio, the 11-year-old child did die as she was giving birth to a child that she was forced to birth. Yeah, ah, see, it's just, it's just kind of crazy to me. Like I said, when I read that article this morning, it, it literally pissed me off to the highest degree. I was so angry when I saw that. So for those of you who are on your morning commute or your morning work day already, see, I'm, it, it, I'm here in Texas, so it's 1120 in Texas. So for me, again, I'm, I'm at that weird stage. Are we talking about brunch? Are we talking about lunch? Are we talking about breakfast? Are we in the mid-afternoon? Are we morning? Where are we at right now? Wherever you are, I'm pretty sure some of you might be having a bad day. Because bad days happen, right? Right. I mean, people wake up, say, man, fuck this shit. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I just want to sit on the couch with my Snuggie. Welcome. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Angace Genelui. <laughs> Welcome to the show. A lot of people are angry and upset and say, yo, I don't want to do this. I just want to stay at home with my Snuggie, a hot cup of cocoa, some Black Rifle coffee, and maybe a bagel with some cream cheese on it. And I just want to chill and watch some TV. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for those of you who are had a horrible morning commute, had a horrible morning a day, go ahead and relax, listen to this song, and let your cares disappear.
That was Bad Habit by The Offspring. That You know, that show, that they put on a really, really good show. For those of you who ever have a chance to go see them live, I definitely recommend them. Hello, Linda of Coffee from Ireland. Thank you for joining the show. How is it out there in Ireland? Hopefully you are having a wonderful, I believe it might be, what, late afternoon, maybe early evening for everybody out there in, in Ireland, I believe. So I was in my deep thoughts the other day. And you know, whenever I have deep thoughts, magical things happen. For those of you who, who know me and listen to my, my podcast, you realize that when I have deep thoughts, magic things happen. I mean, that's why. Oh, that sucks, Linda. Hopefully you feel better. Some whiskey. I mean, not whiskey. Sorry. Some bourbon. Excuse me. Not bourbon. Some hot tea spiked maybe with a nice warm cup of soup with bourbon in it. No, not bourbon. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> Hopefully you feel better. Get a lot of fluids and some rest in you. Hopefully it's not the, the ugly beast that's been going around the world. Hopefully it's just something mild and you'll be, you'll be back into shape here in, in a couple of days, maybe sooner. So when I'm, when I'm sitting around and I have these deep magical thoughts, I was thinking to myself, look, what happens if there's a couple who makes a sex tape? And a lot of people make sex tapes. It's not uncommon for a couple, especially now with the advancements of phones, you no longer have to take the long process of setting things up. So now people are like, yo, we should make a sex tape. Babe, that sounds like a great idea. Let's set everything up. And so could you imagine, just, just think about this, how, how devastating this would be. So you're, you finally convince your wife to say, babe, I think we should make a sex tape. Wife says, wonderful. So you hire a camera crew, a camera crew, because you want everything professional. So you have the lighting, you have the boom operator, you have the, the person taking the crazy angles, because you, I mean, obviously you can't hold a selfie stick 
while you're doing the deed at the same time. I mean, I'm not as coordinated as a lot of people. I'm sure a lot is made. You, you need to focus. We need to focus and give our undivided attention to, to the enjoyment at hand. Correct? Correct. So can you imagine? You, you, you get everything all situated. You have everything pointed up. You're getting ready. You have the, the sexy music. The da-da, 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 da-da. You're, you're strip teasing. You're waving your undies in the air. Hey, baby, you know, and then all of a sudden your wife says, whoa, 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 whoa. And you're like, what? What's going on? Then your wife hits you with the, okay, who's going to play your part, though? Damn. Could you imagine that if your wife asked you who's going to play your part in the sex tape that you want to create with her? Oh, my gosh. What do you do? What, I mean, what, what do you do? Do you, do you just walk away or you say, no, we're going to role play. And now I'm the neighbor who you've been having an affair with. And then she hits you with a damn, who told you? Oh my gosh, this goes all kinds of bad. So moral of the stories, when I was having my deep thoughts in my, in my sacred, my sacred scarce place, when, when you have thoughts, make sure that you run it over with, not run it over, but run it by your wife. Make sure all ends are covered, literally. And that when the time comes, you're not going to get hit with something out of left field that's going to demoralize you. And now all of a sudden the sex tape is a sad tape. <laughs> Again, the, when I start thinking about stuff, magic things happen. Magical things happen. Not really, but you know what I mean. So in, in other interesting news, Alec Baldwin, who accidentally shot one of his crew workers on the on on his film set, Rust. Her name was I don't know her first name. I just know it was Miss Hutchins. Apparently, the gun handed to Alec Baldwin was not thoroughly checked. Alpha David says the bullet that killed the cinematographer on the film Rust has been recovered. The set the Santa Fe County Sheriff and investigators believe there were more live rounds on the set. So, I mean, it's an unfortunate thing. It's an unfortunate thing that this individual was, was killed on set. However, from my understanding is that when you are on set, you're supposed to have several, 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 several safety checks. And according to, to whatever happened to this young individual, safety checks were not taken seriously or not done thoroughly. And on top of that, I mean, we all remember one of the most most craziest, famous celebrities to have been accidentally shot on set, which was Brandon Lee, Brandon Lee during the filming of The Crow, which The Crow was a phenomenal movie. I mean, if you if you liked it, I mean, you can't help but not to like it. It was it was great. The acting was phenomenal. The the soundtrack was probably one of the best soundtracks ever in in movie history. The movie was was amazing. However, safety precautions were not taken on during that, and. Brandon Lee was unfortunately killed on the set of The Crow because of a live round that was put in place for the bullet or for the weapon. So now, according to, to news reports, the armorer who was in charge of having no, no live rounds and checking the weapons to make sure that, that everything was safe has had several mishaps and accidents on other film sets. So my question... So my question is, does the armorer who's, who's in charge of checking the weapons, should criminal charges be filed against her? Or is it kind of just swept under the rug? One of those deals where 
uh, oopsie, it happened? Or should this be thoroughly investigated since the armor who's in charge of that has had several incidences or mishaps before? I mean, according to some reports, allegedly she's the, the armor is not certified and supposed to be having that job. Apparently she fell in it by default. Of course, we don't know what we, what's true, what's not true. I just go by what we read. And of course, we can believe everything that happens on the news, right? Everything that, that we read on the internet is 100% true, right? No? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We don't believe everything that happens on the internet. If you believe everything that happens on the internet, then we're going to be ingesting Tide Pods and walking on crates and busting our necks and become paraplegics. So I just want to give a quick shout out. I don't know. I don't think she's listening to it, but I hope she is. But no, she's not. She's working. So I want to give a shout out to my wife, baby girl. I mean, I don't know. She wants me to throw her government name on there. But I was just thinking, because I was looking at my playlist that I set up for the show today. And I want to play this song dedicated to my wife. This is one of my favorite songs that I love, absolutely love. And I played for her when her and I first started dating, when I was trying to court her. I'm glad it happened because now I'd be a mess without her. So let's take a quick break to one of my favorite songs that I, that reminds me slash dedicated to my wife. That was The Flies, Got You Where I Want You. One of my favorite songs of all time. This song's a really great song. So let's continue with some news articles. Linda, yes, The Crow is one of the most awesome movies ever created of all time. The only crazy lady, hopefully you get you have everything that is needed at the grocery store or at the supply store, depending on how you, whatever you call it. I know lately we haven't had much of, we had to come back several times for stores to get that stuff. I just don't, uh, 
I just don't understand why. I mean, panic buying. Panic, you know, that, that brings me another thing. Panic buying is one of the most ridiculous things that we can ever do, especially now in modern society. I could imagine back in the 1920s, 1930s, like uh, when uh, Bear 35, how old were you, Bear 35 in 1920, 1935? Were you like 18, 20, 22 or something like that back in the, in the 30s? I'm pretty sure you had a panic buy a lot of times. The, oh, it's a very important when, when doggies have to play and they, they need to be socialized as well. So, I mean, panic buying back in the 1920s and 1930s, I understand completely why. <laughs> I, I understand completely having a panic buy back in that time. But nowadays, with, with how many stuff that we have here in, in our modern grocery stores and in a, what, what, is it, what is it called in Europe or in England? Is it called Tesco or Tasco or something like that? But here we have, uh, we have Costco, we have Sam's Club. We have Walmart, of course. I mean, Walmart is pretty much all around the world. I, I believe it's around the world. But, you know, it, panic buying for stuff like that, it makes no sense at all since the pliers really, literally, literally have an abundance of everything. Yeah, stupid stuff, 100%. You know, one, I think one of the most important things that we should worry about is not having enough truck drivers. Not having enough truck drivers to deliver the merchandise. For some reason, we, we're, the truck driving industry is just losing drivers left and right, left and right. I mean, I understand, you know, when you finally realize you find your worth and then you quit your job. But what that sucks is that when you quit your job as a truck driver and you don't have a backup or you can't find anybody else to do it, then we get shitty ass drivers to replace the good drivers. And then we have even worse delivery plant stands and everything just goes haywire. So with the, with the lack of drivers, with poor drivers, we have... We have one of the worst results, one of the worst scenarios happening right now is that we don't have enough drivers to deliver the goods. And when people panic buy, we don't have enough drivers to replenish the, the shelves as quick as we want to. So if you're interested in getting your CDL, go get your CDL. It's about three, four weeks, depending on what you want to do. I mean, I've been, I've been driving trucks now for five years. My brother has been driving for like 11 years, which by the way, on a side note, without me convincing him, uh, no, without me convincing him to get his license, my brother would not have 11 years in the industry right now. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. Obviously, he is, I mean, he should be very grateful and very, very happy that I convinced him to get his license. But, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't convince him. He was, he was driving trucks way before I even decided to. But, you know, I mean, for those of you who drive trucks, it's a great career. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, the only crazy lady driving trucks is a fun job. I, 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 side note on, on the whole driving trucks thing. I never want to be a truck driver. I, <laughs> I, I, I honestly never wanted to be a truck driver. I had, I just moved out to Washington state. I was in a bad spot in a rough time in a, in a shitty state. Oh shit! My condolences to crazy lady. It is a dangerous job out there. It really is, and uh, I, I do again my my deepest condolences for your loss. It is a is a, a tragic thing for that uh, for that occurrence. I, I do uh, again my deepest condolences. Hello, Jill. How are you? Ah, it's Jill backwards. I remember that name. So when I when I first moved out to Washington State. I, I was in a, I was in a bad spot in a rough time. I had zero, zero skills. I mean, I was in and out of the oil fields in Bakersfield, California. So I figured, Hey, I'm going to move to Washington and there's going to be work for me to pick up over there. Well, little did I know there's no goddamn 
oil fields in Washington. <laughs> there's a there's a an oil refinery out there in it's up north somewhere. I, I I've driven by there and I can't remember the city. Anacortes. It's out there in Anacortes. So my brother moved out there shortly after I moved out there and he was doing, I mean, I, I was a, a supervisor for a security company and I mean, I was owning shit. I was fired telling people to get home. You know, I hated it, but I loved it, but I hated it only cause I was, I wasn't making enough money to support my family. You know, then I started thinking about becoming a stripper. Was I going to sell dope in a thong? I mean, how much money can I get in downtown Seattle wearing a tutu and a half top with a Mohawk selling dope on third, on, on third Avenue? I mean, really, how much money do you think I was going to make? Well, I'll tell you, I wasn't going to make very much at all because I don't have the, what they people call sex appeal to make that kind of money wearing that kind of outfit. So I'm like, you know what? Fine. I have to think of something else to do now. And so because of that, <laughs> so because of that, my brother got into, my brother got into uh, uh, the trucking industry, he got a job with not industry, but he, he picked up a job at QCD with some random ass dude who said, yo, you told me you can drive trucks. We'll prove it. I'm going to get you a job. So he got a job. My brother got me into that job as a helper. And I absolutely hated being around semi trucks. I, I couldn't stand it. I could not stand one bit of being around a semi truck. I mean, I did the work because I was making a, a couple of dollars more than what I was making at the security place. So I was like, you know what? I can work a lot of overtimes. I don't have to sell dope. I, I, I mean, I don't have enough money to buy the tutu and the half top because I, I need a special ordered size for me, for my body type. And so I kind of, you know, just left that selling dope on the back burner. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my whole heart into being this helper. But I hated it. I literally hated being, being around trucks. I hated around driving trucks. I hated everything that had to do with salmon. I did not want to be no, no truck driver. And my brother can vouch for this. When he would tell me, dude, you're going to be a good truck driver. You should get your license. Like, man, shut the fuck up. I don't want to drive trucks. I have no interest at all. Well, the, the driver that I was working with, he showed me how much he was making, which was, that was an asshole move, but I'm glad he did. And when I saw the amount of money he was making, I was like, you know what? I, I, I could be a truck driver. I, I, could, I, could be a, I could be a truck driver. Yeah, yeah, I could be a truck driver. So off I, off I went into Idaho to get my license with the, with the most amazing trucking company in the entire world, Craig. I mean, I'm talking about the entire world of trucking. I got my license through Swift. Okay, I'll give you guys a second to stop laughing at me. Yes, I got my, 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 uh, my license through Swift. But you know what? Because of that, I've never been in an accident. I've never been in kind of injuries or anything like that. It's not Swift, the company. It's, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's the people who don't take their job seriously in any company. So now I've been driving for five years, and I absolutely love, I love truck driving. I'm a car hauler now. I haul cars for Carvana. And I tell you, it's one of the most best jobs I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, it's not even a job, it's a career. You know, it's like that cheesy saying that I used to get mad at when I heard people say, when you have a career, you never work a day in your life. Well, that's kind of true. And I kind of hate that now that I have to, that, that I have to say stupid, cheesy things like that. I mean, it could be worse. I can say, I can say even cheesier lines. Like I don't have a Monday and I look, I don't look towards, I don't look forward till Friday. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Chewbacca. I had to throw that out there before you typed it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I honestly really do love my job. It's one of those things that, that truck driving has been the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. So those of you who are interested, it's really a good truck. It's a really good career. It really is. The first couple of years, you're going to be white knuckling the steering wheel. You're going to be nervous and scared. 
it, it, it's rough, but you know what? It's really fun. And I'm very thankful, very, very thankful that I broke out and learned how to drive in Washington. I drove through Seattle, Bellevue. I, I drove through a lot of crazy, tight, snowy, icy roads in Washington, and it has really refined my skills. So we're going to take a quick break. Let's enjoy this song by No Effects, one of my favorites of all time. That was Best God in Show by No Effects, one of my favorite punk bands who actually puts on a really, really great live show. So on a side note, let's go back to the news. For those of you who are afraid of spiders, uh, I'm not pointing anybody out, Bear35 and uh, Marcos32257. I'm not pointing you, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. I'm not putting anybody out on blast. I would never do that on my show. That's not something I do. But on good news, let, let, let's, uh, let's hear something that's pretty ironic, but I don't think that they... That they really, <laughs> that <a> crazy lady. <laughs> Spiders can have arachnophobia. This is breaking scientific research that have been done. <laughs> if you're not so fond of spiders, you may find kindred spirits in other spiders. Researcher Daniela Rossler worked with jumping spiders and found that they know to get away from the presence of other possible predator spiders, even if, they're, even if they've never encountered them before. She talks with host Maria Godoy, or Godoy about her research and what Halloween de decorations do to 
the poor spiders. If arachnids can have arachnophobia, can that be a real thing? How are you going to be like an apex predator as a spider? You are quick. You are agile. You are killing everything that comes into your web. But then you're afraid of a spider. <laughs> but you're a spider. That's, that's, that doesn't make any sense to me. I didn't think that insects or any kind of creatures would have been able to have that kind of fear. Yes, so spiders are afraid of themselves, according to this researcher, Daniela. I mean, it just, it's pretty funny. It was a pretty funny article. I was just Googling random interesting articles, and that's one of the things that popped up. You know, it, 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 I, I know that, that other animals can have fear of, of other animals, but that's more like the territorial domination type deal. I, I know that, but I didn't know that a spider can literally be crawling around and say, oh, shit, a, a spider, and then run. <laughs> boy i tell you um that's one of those deals that that uh you you can you, how can you relate to a spider for being afraid of its own self of its own kind that's uh that, that's pretty crazy <laughs> holy crap you know i i've actually read that depending on the size of the spider the only crazy lady would determine the the amount and intensity of the anxiety or the phobia itself. So with the little small spiders, like little jumpy spiders, little house spiders, they're not as big, you know, as, as, as worrisome. However, when you encounter the bigger ones, like here in Texas, even out there in California, where there's tarantulas out in the oil fields in certain parts, depending on where you live. Like we grew up in the country and I saw a few tarantulas in my time when I grew up in my neighborhood. But according to research that the, 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 the anxiety and fear increases and intensifies with the size of the spider. And that, you know, that's completely reasonable. I, I understand that because spiders are freaky, weird looking things. It's, it's insane how creepy those things are. Well, in Washington, they have the brown recluse, which can apparently fuck you up without you even knowing. It just gets a painful and starts rotting away your skin and flesh. That's insane. I don't, I don't understand why someone invented spiders that's going to tear people up like that. Now, that doesn't make any sense to me. Boy, I tell you. The hobo spider, that's what I was thinking of, uh, the crazy lady, the hobo spider. I was, I was thinking of the brown recluse out here in Texas and out there in California, but I couldn't remember the hobo spider. That's the spider that I was talking about, was, that, I was, that I was meaning to say or talk about, not the, not the brown recluse. The hobo spider in Washington can tear you up. And one of the things that you have to do, especially living like in the woods or close to the woods, which if anybody who's been in Washington realizes that they are surrounded by the woods, even when you're in, in, uh, in Seattle, you're surrounded by woods. <laughs> so the closer you live to woods, the more you have to check your, your shoes and make sure that you don't have anything. They, uh, you have to uh, check your, your shoes, make sure that you don't have a hobo spider or brown recluse or any kind of creature that's going to be able to bite your, your toes. Here in Texas, you have to worry about, not only do you have to worry about tarantulas and black widows and brown recluse and all those other things, you also have to worry about scorpions. You also have to worry about snakes. And you have to worry about millipedes, I believe, or centipedes. I can't remember which one of the two that we have out here that can actually fuck your toe off, literally. And just walk around with a goddamn, say, you know, bitten off toe in your hand. That, that, in their hand, that doesn't make any sense to me. 
in California, they have scorpions, Arizona, New Mexico, all those places also, they, they all have those things that you have to worry about. And that's not cool. I mean, I'm not afraid of the bugs. I'm really not. But I don't want to worry about having to. Why? Uh... <laughs> hey, Chewbox is a uh, population control, man. They don't want they don't want so many people around in Texas anymore. So they will let the they let the, the critters get get uh, get loose on people. <laughs> so how many people have you how many people how many people here are one of those that that those hopeless romantics so my question is for those of you who have been married for a while who are not even married but in a relationship for more than a few weeks because i mean when 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 you're in a relationship for a few weeks you also you obviously have that that honeymooners deal you have that oh my gosh i'll crawl to the end of the earth on my on my nipples just to make you happy and smile, my love, my preciosa, mi amor, my boo-boo snuggy bear, right? I mean, everyone's like that when they first get when they first get with somebody. But how many people now keep the romance alive? And I'm, I'm not just talking about playing boom-boom in the room. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about keeping the romance alive by dressing up in a top hat with no pants on, with high heels, and saying... I'm so pretty, yes, so pretty, and then, you know, knocking boots. I'm not talking about that type of romance. What I'm talking about is how do you stay romantic after so many years together? You know, that's, see, that, that's an awesome thing, getting laid every single night. Unfortunately, because of me, I have graveyard shift, which is the worst goddamn shift ever in the world for people who want to who wanna clap cheeks, you know what I mean? And my wife works during the day. So it's one of those deals that it's kind of like uh, it's like Tony Montana said to to uh, Frank when he was talking about Elvita. I was like, man, she's spending one half of her moment getting dressed and the other half getting ready. And then Tony Montana says, yes, you have to uh, you have to get her in between. You have to jump on her in between, you know, and that's 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 one that's a sucky thing, because I feel like a lot of times when you have opposite schedules in certain ways. When, when certain, certain, certain ways, it, it builds the relationship stronger because you have so much more to talk about when you don't see each other. But on the same note, you have not this resentment, but this isolation to where, man, I need to focus on one thing because if I start thinking about a lot of things, it's going to get me down and make me sad. So my question is, what do people do to keep the romance alive? How do you continue being romantic? You know, so a lot of times, especially with, with the, in, the, in the era that I grew up with, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, 90s. I mean, I, grew, I was born in 1981, and I believe George, or uh, uh, Bear 35, is only a few years older than me, and I'm, not, I'm lying. I mean, when I mean years, I mean like decades. I think he was born in 1881 or something like that. I, I don't know exactly. I know it was, it was sometime way back in the day. But from our time growing up, we were taught that certain things to be romantic are cheesy and lame, and you just don't do that. So what, what can someone do other, I mean, aside from salvaging your marriage and making sure, cause my, I mean, okay, hold on. Let me, let me, this is, this is coming out. Uh, I'm, I'm talking wild on the yard right now. I'm not in threat about, of my marriages and in jeopardy, but what I was curious to know is I've been reading a lot of stuff. And I never, I, I never, I, I just read, I read a whole bunch of stuff, just random shit. I fall into crazy ass wormholes and I start reading about random things that are, people are in shambles. And the main reason that a lot of people have separated, even for years, you know, 20, 30 years, I just fell out of love. He wasn't romantic. She wasn't romantic, you know, vice versa. 
you know, all he wanted to do, all he wanted me to do was touch the weenie without any connection. I can't just touch the weenie without being romanced, romance prior. So what are things that we can do to get over the, the embarrassment? Cause I mean, it was put into our head as a young, as young individuals, this pseudo macho machismo bullshit. I actually had an episode on that when I first started my, my podcast was the tough guy, Mr. Tough Guys, you know, the pseudo macho shit. So whenever you try to show any sort of romantic bone or any kind of romantic side of you, well, I don't know about you, but me personally, I start thinking to myself, damn, this is really embarrassing. What if she doesn't like it? Knowing goddamn well that no matter what I do that shows a sensitive part of my life will be, she will appreciate it no matter what. And I'm thinking to myself, the, the stories that I've read and the articles that I've read where people have literally destroyed their marriage for not being romantic, was the marriage already doomed or was it their ego and their machismo that they couldn't put aside in order to do what they felt needed to be done? They knew what to do, but they didn't do it for whatever reason. You know what I mean? It seems like a lot of people's marriages and a lot of people's relationships kind of fall down that boat. I mean, that not fall down the boat, but kind of drift down that river on a slow current where you don't realize that the current is going that way. And then by the time you realize it, it's too late. It's crazy. Hmm. So on that note, let's go ahead and play a love song. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling a love song right now. For all of you ladies who enjoy uh, the baritone voice, I have a, a special treat. Here we go. Turn the lights down low and Put some music on that soft and slow Baby, we ain't got no place to go I hope you understand I've been thinking about this all day long Never felt a feeling quite this strong I can't believe how much it turns me on just to be your man There's no hurry Don't you worry We can take our time Come a little closer Let's go over What I had in mind Baby, lock the door And turn the lights down low Put some music on that's soft and slow Baby, we ain't got no place to go I hope you understand I've been thinking about this all day long Never felt a feeling quite this strong I can't believe how much it turns me on Just to be your man
nobody ever love nobody the way that I love you. We're alone now. Josh Turner, your man. That's one of my wife's one of my wife's favorite songs of all time. I I couldn't guess why. I mean, his voice is super baritone. It sounds really good. I mean, whatever. He's a punk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what's one of the speaking on the subject of <laughs> on the subject of of romancing and being a sweet, loving individual. What am, one of my biggest hopes for our future generations is that everyone especially the males. I mean, not even males, just, just people in general, because it's not only males that I've seen. I've seen both, uh, both sides of the coin here lately. But one of the things that I'm, that I would hope for is that people would stop getting out of this misogynistic, stupid ass shit where, you know, you, you can't, Oh, I can't show feelings. I I don't, I, I can't, I can't show you who I am in person, you know? And one of the things that have irritated the shit out of me lately I mean, it's irritated me so bad is when I hear people call other people simps. Hey, how's it going, Angie? I think it's Angie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining. One of the things that drives me up the goddamn wall is the fact that when you show a, any sort of emotion, any sort of connection, any show, any show of love or interest into someone, you're automatically a simp. Why do you have to be a simp? You can't just be, hey, I, I'm digging this person. Why do you have, like, and they use it a simp as a bad thing. Oh, you want to know what that person is doing? Oh, you're a simp. Oh, you, you have that person who you really like on your mind all the time? Yeah, you're a simp. Why? Why is it that, that they have to be a simp? Why can't it just be, yo, I really like this person. I'm really into this person. So that's what it's going to be. No, no, all of a sudden it's a simp. Come on now. When, when, when is it a bad thing to be interested and follow your heart? A simp, it's a simpleton where you, from my understanding, I, I didn't know what a simp was either until my kids informed me, is that a simpleton, a simp is someone who is simping. Like they, they, all they're doing is, is they're so, they're so simple-minded. All I can think about is one person in, in any way, shape, or form. They're using it in a negative way. So it's a bad thing to be a simp. Oh, you're simping over that person. Like, oh, you're, you're, um, what, what's the, well, how do my kids put it? They, it, it's, it's a bad thing to be simping over someone which I don't understand. You know, I mean, you, why wouldn't you want the person who you're interested in on your mind 24-7 a day? I mean, me personally, you call me simp all day. I mean, I, I simped over my wife hardcore when her and I first started dating. Even when her, her and I were first talking, I was talking about her all the time. To my cousins, to shit, that's all I could think about. I mean, now it's paid off 21 years later. Well, soon to be 21 years in December. We're still together. So, I mean, it, it bugs me that, that people are shaming people for having feelings and interest in, in somebody else. It's not a bad thing. Which, in my, see, this is, this is the snowball effect that I see, is that when, you're, when you show that it's a negative thing to be involved in someone or be obsessed, not, when I say obsessed, I don't mean obsessed in a bad way. I mean, just in general, being obsessed with the other person that you so dearly care about and, and want to be with. So now, in, instead, of, instead of, of nurturing that loving behavior and that loving feeling and, and having a strong emotional connection, 
now you're 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 making it seem like it's a bad thing to have feelings and being a simp, so to speak. And now they're going to turn those loving feelings into disrespect, not being able to show their own affection, and bottling up true emotions, causing raging animals as they get older. And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of being of not showing enough emotion. I mean, it's been shit, man. I mean, I, I, unfortunately, it's not it's not a bragging point as someone I'm not going to mention any names. Mister three two two five seven has pointed out, and so has my wife and kids over over plenty of years together. They have pointed out that what what I always saw as something to be proud of and bragging is really sad. I mean, just sad. <laughs> and now that I've gotten older, I'm, I'm trying to grow from what how I was raised when I was younger. And it's one of the most difficult things is to break out of the shell that you were kept in as as a child. You you hold a lot of those beliefs and you hold a lot of those 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 thought processes and a lot of those ideals as you get older. So one of the things that I that I used to wear on my shoulder like a like a goddamn badge was the fact that I literally have not shed a tear, not even cried since my dad passed away when I was 12 years old. Now again, when I was I mean I'm talking about as far as just recently like a year ago, I would be so proud of that. Oh yeah, I I haven't I haven't cried since I was 12. Well, why what's the point of crying? It doesn't fix anything. But that goes back to being shamed as a kid when I was growing up. Men don't cry. You don't need to cry. Why are you going to cry? You're a little punk, sissy. No. <laughs> it's complete opposite. That's nothing. That has nothing to do with how tough and, and, and hard and anything. Well, all that did was harvest me and put me into this cold-hearted, emotionless savage that has taken several years for me to keep the genie in the box. So my plea, and, and, and not, not so much a plea, but my hope for the future is that just don't shame people for having emotions. I mean, I still don't have emotions. I've just come to terms recently that, damn, not crying since I was 12 is not very healthy at all. See, but every time I grew up growing up, I thought it was healthy because that's, that's the unhealthy behavior that I was raised around. I thought it was healthy to be unhealthy in more ways than one. And now that I'm older and I'm, and I'm trying to teach my kids how not to be the way I was, I realize that there's a whole lot of goddamn flaws that I've had in my childhood that should not have been <laughs> a major factor in, in developing the person that I am now. And that goes for a lot of people around my, around my age, you know, around born, in the, born in, the, in the early times all the way up until maybe mid-90s, late 2000s. You know what I mean? It's one of those deals that we, we have to break out of that mold. I mean, once we break out of that mold, I think the world would be a better place. Yeah, I know I'm on my violin right now. You're like, grumblers, this doesn't sound like you. What's going on? I'm being honest with you. I'm opening them up. I'm, I'm, I'm opening up because it's one of those deals where if we, if, we don't, if we raise our kids opposite of how we were raised for a lot of people, what world, what kind of world would we have right now? You know, you're right, my Marcos, man. You you know firsthand, man. You and I've had had uh, hour hours of conversation about this, and I mean, it's it's one of the most difficult things for me to do is actually open up, actually open up as an individual, and actually feel and have emotions. I'm a real cold-hearted individual, and so on that note, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play another love song, one of my favorite love songs of all time. I think it's already playing. <laughs> 
can I call you sweetheart? Or even Libertor? If I had your number, you'd be getting a book Can I leave you a message on your machine? Letting you know that you bought the bomb and you blew up on me. Oh, you were just a sibling After your next quest Tell your care when I tell you Step around and rock and rest Can I see you after You get out of school I won't even mind it That was Do Your Feet Hurt by MXPX, which is a local band in Washington, by the way. Great band. I haven't seen them live yet. I want to see them live. But I mean, you know, one of the biggest stigmatisms that, or stigmas, not stigmatisms. <laughs> We're not talking about eyeballs. I, 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 when I said stigmatism, I took my glasses off so I could rub my eye and stigmatism came out. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. And so one of the biggest stigmas in the world is that if you go if you go get therapy, and I'm very guilty of this. I am 100% guilty of this. I'm not saying that I'm not, but I am. I'm, I'm super guilty when it comes to this. One of the biggest stigmas in in the in in our society is that if you, especially as a as a as a male or as a as a husband, as a dad, whatever it is, you know, as as a as a macho dude, I'm gonna say, insert air quotes. If you go get therapy, seeking help from a therapist, you're weak, you're fragile, you're a punk, you're a sissy. And these are, these are actual terms and words that I've been told in my past from family members and from, from others that, are, that have that similar way of thinking. And it's insane, man. It's like, why? Why? Why am I being badgered and made to look insignificant or inferior because I want to better my mental health? You know, it's one of those crazy things. And, and you know, I was, just, I was just having a conversation the other night with, with, with my brother, and we were talking about it. And what, what, what's insane is that so many people, so many older, older people, baby boomers even older even like i said people born in the in the 60s 70s 80s 90s even even early 90s not so much the 90s you know more than more like the 80s and 70s and 60s 
it is it is like an embarrassment. Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you going to go get therapy? Why are you going to go seek a help from a therapist? Why are you going to help your mental health so you can be a better person if you actually think about it? Well, I don't know. Maybe because I don't want to be a shitbag anymore and <laughs> and project my my unhealthy emotions on everyone around me. It's crazy, man. It, it, it's one of those deals that, you know, okay. And here's the funny thing is that when I, when I started this show, I have, I have my notes here and up. I had things that I wanted to talk about, but everything just, just ended up gearing to what was on my mind today. You know what it is? Is like, I don't, I'm not in my scarce place right now. And so I just feel like, you know, we're here. We have to, we're going to talk about it and we're, we're going to share stuff about what is going on. At least I think so. You know, when, when, when I thought, when I thought about doing live, I thought I had to have this certain, this certain image and certain personas. I've heard a lot of people go live and I've heard a lot of people not be genuine and not be themselves. And the one thing about me is that I have to be genuine. I have to be myself. And for anybody who, who's ever held a conversation with me, understand I can focus on one topic for a while, but after if we're on if we're speaking to each other for a for longer than like 20, 30, 40 minutes, I can literally have 37 conversations and topics going at once, jumping from in and out, because I can't focus on one certain topic. It's like once my mind gets going and I just start word vomiting and just just shit starts coming out. And that's what's happening a lot today. And I feel like as a good broadcaster, again, being the king of podcasting, I just have to feel, I just have to feel it. It's like, it's like when, uh, when cool runnings, when they get to running down the slope, feel the rhythm, feel the blues or something like that. I don't know if they're talking about syphilis, gonorrhea or what, but they are feeling something. I don't know exactly what it was, but that's how I'm right now. I'm on the top of that slope. I'm ready to go down in my bobsled. I mean, I'm not a Jamaican bobsled team, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling it right now. But why would it, why is this such a bad deal for, for males? to go get and why is it labeled if you're going to go get work on your mental health and make you a better person overall why are they automatically assumed crazy oh they have a lot of problems they're they're getting therapists there's something wrong with them they're 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 nuts no they're not nuts you know it, it's it's not it has nothing to do with being nuts it has to do with being a better person and trying to not go crazy no pun intended but you know, a lot of people have, have, without that help, without having to speak to someone, and for some reason, it seems like you can, I mean, it's good to, it's good to, to have these deep conversations with your inner circle, but at the same time, it seems like you, you can open up more with somebody else and be more open and truthful. Maybe without judgment, because you know that they don't know you personally, you just what you share with them. Huh. I don't know. So let's take a quick pause on that. Let's, let's ponder that one. You know, I have my, I have my, my monocle on. I took my glasses off. I put my monocle on so I can, so I can evaluate this a little more. But for those of you who are having a tough day today, I, you know, just hang in there. The days are going to get better. You know, there's only so much that you can do, but just believe that. Look at the positive things in life because we don't want to end up like, like ICP. Let's take a quick break with this song by Insane Clown Posse. I'd like to, uh, if it's, if it's cool with Jake and Jack, 
like to address the juggalos on a personal matter because it's not all good. I mean, things are gonna always that cool, you know. Like, I just want to talk to you guys about a problem I got. Maybe you can help me. I stab people, four or five people every day. I try to see a street to stop that shit, but there ain't no fucking way. I stabbed them, stabbed this nurse and a fucking cat. Stabbed them, stabbed them all like that. I stabbed people I know, I stabbed Alex, my manager. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? I stabbed him in the gut. <laughs> I go to food just to stab the guy when he gets there. I don't care. I stab anybody anyway. <laughs> I stabbed the mailman, he was pissed. He tried to mace me. I'm too quick with the stab. Come on, come on, chase me. I stabbed Twisted, Timmy Man drops. I stabbed him. Misery stabbed me. Oh, damn him. I stab old people, old ladies, little kids. I don't give a fuck. I stabbed the fat guy in the butt. What? I met Pete Rose and stabbed him twice in his nipples. Monitor, I stabbed people. Maybe somebody can help me. Maybe somebody can help me. Maybe somebody can help me. Insane Clown Posse, I Stab People. Probably one of the best little quick short songs I've, I've heard by them. And they're a great song. So let's go back to some news. My kids don't care I smoke weed. They get McDonald's when I get the munchies. Mom of two, Caitlin Flagger, has revealed that her kids don't mind when she smokes weed as they know they're far more likely to get McDonald's when she has the munchies. <laughs> I can't make that up, okay? The kids enjoy when she smokes weed because they are going to get Mickey D's when she hit that weed. You, do you hear me? The kids said, I smell it. Let me inhale it. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people have their own thoughts and views on smoking marijuana. Me, I don't really care if you're of age. Don't go smoke weed around your kids. Now your kids are all high. Like, hey, are you high, kid? Nah, man, I'm really, really high. And they're over here trying to interact with Dora the Explorer, trying to walk on the TV because they said, vamonos, let's go. And they're looking for Boots the Monkey and yelling, swiper, no swiping. All because they because mama hit the tweet smoke waiting to get the waiting to go get some Mickey D's. You know, I don't care. One of the craziest things that, that was that was difficult to adapt to when I lived in Washington was going out into public places and smelling an overwhelming odor of, of, of weed. Everywhere you go, down in, at, at Pike's place, weed. You go into the Bellevue Mall, weed. You go out to the Des Moines Pier for the fireworks, tons and tons of weed. You go to the White River Amphitheater, weed. Everywhere you go was weed, and it was perfectly legal. There's nothing you can do about it because marijuana was legal in, in, in uh, Washington, which, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with. It's not a problem, you know? Smoke your weed, but do it respectfully. You know, if, if you're going to be around a bunch of people who don't want to smell that shit, go, go to the designated weed smokers area. Don't just light up right there when I'm trying to get a ho-ho and a, a caramel macchiato. You know what I mean? That's one, uh, that's one of those deals, you know, Hey, smoke. If I didn't have a job where I was, I had to be randomly drug tested by, by the, by the state of Texas or by the, by the government period, I would probably be smoking some weed for my back pains and my knees pains and everyone, every other pain that I have as well. But unfortunately 
I can't. So I ha- I'm on the outside looking in. I'm I'm that I'm that sad face. But it was a, I I give sad face whenever I see uh, people enjoying their their medicinal marijuana, and I'm over here like, damn, I don't want to take any pills, but let me get a, let me get a hit of that blunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, again, I don't have any. I really don't have any any ill qualms of or anything for people smoking weed. More power to you if that's help. By the way, that has been medically proven to really to relieve to uh to uh relieve minor pains nausea it's been helping cancer patients and other people with severe pain to where they're unable to stomach opiates and other things like that which i mean marijuana has been proven to be a lot better for pain management than opiates you don't have to detox from marijuana but you have to detox from opiates i mean think about it doctors hand you these massive amount of opiates to make you so-called rocking now, welcome to the live. Appreciate you coming in. But a lot of people will be get handed just just handfuls and handfuls of opiates, and then when you stop opiates, you have to make sure you do it properly. If not, you can literally die from detoxing from opiates that were given to you by the doctor. Hey, smoke up all the weed. Smoke as much weed as you want. Enjoy it. As long as the pain is gone and you feel better, that's all. That, that's all that really matters. You know, nothing really matters. So. Well, a lot of things matter, but pick your battles on what matters the most. So on in more interesting news coming out of the United Kingdom, one gal says, I'm being ghosted by my ghost lover after going public about our romance. <laughs> okay, let me reread that again. One gal from Oxfordshire said, I'm being ghosted by my ghost lover after going public about our romance. Brokehart, 38, from Oxfordshire, fears she's upset her ghost lover, Eduardo, after telling all about the relationship to Allison Hammond and Dermont O'Leary on this morning news, on on this morning, on the This Morning Show. So, I mean... How bad? I mean, it, it sucks when people get ghosted in real life, but can you imagine being ghosted by a ghost? How 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 big of a moral hit is that to your to your 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 ego and your self esteem? So, a woman having a love affair with a ghost reckons she's been ghosted after she revealed her romance to viewers on ITV's This Morning. Broke hard, thirty eight, a singer and songwriter from Oxfordshire, chatted to Allison and Dermont about her beau Eduardo and shared details about the relationship. But now she claims her spiritual lover is giving her the cold shoulder, which she believes is punishment for telling the world about their dalliance. She said, "Quote: I truly feel like I'm being ghosted by a ghost." She said, "I'm being ghosted by a ghost." What? I mean, I, I get. I don't. Nobody. Nobody knows exactly what it is. Unless you're that individual going through it. Right? Right. But I mean, how much confidence do you have to have to go on live? Not 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 just a live show like mine. I'm talking about like on on national to on, on national TV to say that you are having a romance a romance <laughs> uh, a relationship with a ghost. And when you came out public, you said, yo, I'm ready to take it to the next step. And then your beau says, yo, no, cut it out. We're done. 
What? I mean, I don't know. Uh-oh. It, it's, you know, hey, more, more, more props to her for, you know, being able to, to tell her and everything was what's happening. But maybe he, maybe she should have got consent and permission from, from her boo before she went out and told her. And now she's boohooing because he's gone. Huh. It's crazy. Some of the things that, that people go on, go on, on broad, on, on national TV for, I mean, I, I understand that a lot of it are ratings. I know a lot of people do it because they want the clout, but you know, there's a small, there's a small percentage of people who do it because that is legitimately what's going on with their life. You know, I'm not, I'm not dogging on this, on this gal or this individual. I'm not, but you know, did you even, what if he has a ghost family in the afterlife and he's like, yo, I can't be walking around now that you went public. I can't be doing this. Now my, now my wife is going to find out and she's going to go all bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have an artist out of Texas. Enjoy. by Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. For those of you in Texas, know that he's one of the, he's a big artist out here in Texas, out of Houston. So more interesting news that I've managed to conjure up, which was great. Now, for those of you who are, welcome to the show, Linda and 100 Yard Alchemist. Thank you very much for joining the show. Been jamming now for an hour. Oh, shit, an hour and a half. Seems like it was only five minutes ago. So another interesting news. Now, for those of you who, who have kinks and fetishes, you don't have to tell me what they are. We'll save that for a different show. I'm sure that's going to come up one of these days. Hopefully, we don't have any minors in here. And if you do, when we do speak on that such show, I'm going to make sure that I'll put a disclaimer not to listen. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. When, when, that, when that portion of the show comes on. So... 
for those of you who have kinks and fetishes, th this will be an interesting one for you to enjoy. Now, for okay, Bear 35 and Chewbox 32257, I want you to take a big sip of coffee and bite your bagel with, with toast on it or with a butter on it right now, okay? Are you doing it? Okay, here we go. Mom turns breast milk into butter and feeds it to her partner on a piece of toast. <laughs> Mom turns breast milk into butter and feeds it to her partner on a piece of toast. Mom Laurel Hall has turned heads and a few stomachs after turning her breast milk into butter and feeding it to her boyfriend on a piece of toast. Breastfeeding is, of course, one of the most natural things in the world, but somehow it doesn't feel quite so natural when it's a mom's partner who is on the receiving end of said milk, not her child. One mom decided to give herself a giggle by not just feeding her boyfriend her breast milk, but by turning it into butter and spreading it on toast. It might be a little unorthodox, but you've got to admit she does a good job there is a video if you just <laughs> if you google mom turns breast milk into butter there's a video of her turning it i don't think there's a for those of you who are curious i don't think there's a video of her actually pumping and putting the milk that whole process i believe that she just shows that there is milk that she is pouring into her churner and and turning it into into butter i believe so i i, I just saw the end of the clip where she had it in the butter, spread it on the toast, and her boo-boo was like, yo, this is the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. Now, that is a kink. That is a fetish. There are literal, literally men who go seek and pay exuberant amount of money for women's breast milk. I did not know that. I just found this out literally a few months ago that there was one guy from, I want to say, Japan, I believe. I believe it was Japan. He paid $110,000 for a woman to ship her, ship him her, her breast milk. And he consumed it. He heated it up, had it with some milk and cookies, put it in his coffee, and was enjoying it. I mean, $100,000 for breast milk. Why? And apparently, I mean, <laughs> apparently, the more the, the different cultures and, and ethnicities you choose, the, there's different flavoring of milk. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. But it could be. I don't, again, that's, this, that, that whole conversation, the whole kinks and fetishes is going to be on for another show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Milk does a body good, but boy, I tell you, can you imagine? Babe, we're out of, we're out. <laughs> I can't even finish my joke. I, I can't even finish it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to muscle through this joke. <laughs> can you imagine? You wake up in the morning, go to the fridge. Babe, there's no goddamn creamer. Hold on, I'll take care of you right now. <laughs> Where's the butter for my bagel? It's coming up right now, babe. Just sit back. I'll take care of it one time. <laughs> I 
Oh my goodness. Hey, it, how much money do you save on buying milk and butter though? Think about it, man. There's a win-win. There is a win-win situation in that in that whole ensemble. I mean, it's brilliant if you think about it. it it's nature's way of taking care of you. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, this is why I shouldn't, this is why one of the reasons why I shouldn't be able to have a, a live show is that I just say random things. So I realized that I think I'm going to have to move my show eventually over to a radio-based show off of, off of Podbean. I mean, I love Podbean. Podbean has been able to gift me the, the ability to go live. But the connection is so poor. And I was listening to the music when I was playing it well, during the breaks. And it sounds choppy and gross. I don't like how it sounds. I'm, I'm, not, kind of, I'm not too too happy about the quality of my music when I'm playing it. I might, I might have to look into starting my own, my own legit radio station. I, I'm, I think I am going to seriously, seriously look into that. Hopefully when, if or when I do. Caps, welcome to the live. Thank you for joining. Hopefully when I do start my radio station, all of you lovely people in my group here would follow me over and enjoy the radio station along with me. I mean, I, I, I want to be able to be, See, okay, so what, what my plan is, and I, I know you're, you guys are going to look at your, 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 your eyeballs, you're going to look at your, your, the brains in the back of your eyeballs, but you look, I'm already trying to dominate being the king of podcasting. That is my number one goal. I want to be the king, well, not I want, but I will be the king of, of podcasting. And that's why I've, I sell, gave my self-title, the king of podcasting. So what I want to do is I want to be the king of radio. Yes, I know Howard Stern holds that title because he gave himself that title, said, I am the king of radio. And, I mean, for many years, he, he has been. But it's time for the new blood to come in. So when I start my own radio show, I want to be the king of radio. I did, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not a far thing. You're the queen of radio. See, we, 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 have, we have the same path, but we're right next to each other. I won't step on your toes, but eventually I will be the king of radio. That is probably my, my that is my big time goal. Like I said, I'm already, I'm already going to be the king of podcasting. It just takes me a little longer than I wanted to. <laughs> it's just going to take me a little, a little longer than what I want, but you know, I, I will be the king of podcasting. That's just the bottom line. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about starting my own radio show. We can, uh, I'm going to start my own radio show. I'm going to start my whole thing and I am going to dominate the airwaves. Bottom line. Right? Right. It's only natural. So on in more interesting news, a man died from rabies in Illinois. Or Illinois, excuse me. Not Illinois, Illinois. Here's why that's so unusual in the United States. 
be aware if you have bats at your home. That's a message from Illinois Department of Health as it announced that an 80-year-old man died of rabies after waking up to find a bat on his neck. It is the first human case of rabies in the state since 1954. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that this dude just woke up. Just woke up with a goddamn bat on his... Woke up with a goddamn bat on his neck. Wait, okay, I'm, I'm really... Ha I'm having a real hard time processing this story right now. He woke up with a bat on his neck. How did a bat get inside of your house to begin with? That's one of the craziest things to me. What, what, did you sleep with your window open? That's why you don't sleep with your window open. You have a screen on there. And you don't have goddamn bats inside of your neck. I mean, inside of your neck. Inside of your home to latch onto your neck. This sounds like a really bad horrors, a horror movie. During the uh, the horror movie that went completely awry, uh, completely awry, and now we have some guy dead from rabies. I don't I don't understand. Yeah, dude. Apparently, Marco, that that is apparently that is one of the most bizarre cases since nineteen fifty four. Again, I, I really have to learn how to multitask and, and learn how to type and, and, and read and do everything at the same time. So the man refused rabies treatment at the time of the incident in mid-August, health officials said in a press release. A month later, he started experiencing rabies symptoms such as neck pain, headache, difficulty controlling his arms, finger numbness, and difficulty speaking. Rabies infections in humans are extremely rare in the United States since the disease is preventable and treatable. Typically, one to three cases are rep reported each year, and there were no cases reported in 2019, according to the most recent data available from the CDC. But rabies exposures is far more common. 60,000 Americans receive the post-exposure exposure treatment every year. Without prompt treatment, though, the virus infects the nervous system and is typically fatal. What in the actual hell? Why are, why are people? Stinky Dad Glenn, welcome to the show. I don't, I don't understand how you can, why would you refuse treatment, rabies treatment, when you got bit by a goddamn bat? And why was a bat inside of your house to begin with? That's the thing that I want to know. Well, how did a bat end up in your house? I understand a mosquito. I understand a moth. I understand spiders. I can, I can understand. I can even understand. a cat or a dog running into your home when the doors open you're bringing in groceries i understand that but a goddamn bat where you wake up and it's latched onto your neck how and why right 100 yard alchemist but i i don't know about other people's other people's uh chimneys but my chimney, I have one of those I, here in San Antonio, which is really rare that I actually have a chimney here in Texas. But I have a slot, a little, a little metal thing, like a cover where I can cover the hole where the smoke escapes. That way, no critters come down in, into my house. 
I mean, unless he didn't have his, if he if it, either his was broken or he just didn't close it, maybe. Maybe he had his windows open. I, I don't know. The, the story doesn't really, really go into detail on how the damn bat came into his home. That, I mean, that's the story that I really want to know is what, how has the bat made it into his home and fucked up his neck? Boy, I tell you. Man. All right, let's go. Oh, well, speaking of rabies, let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and listen to this little this track for a real quick break. I've always been crazy in the trouble that it's put me through. Waylon, Je- Waylon Jennings was I've Always Been Crazy. It's a great song. It's a really great song. It really is. So I have more interesting news for those of you who are who are interested. Now, this, is, this, this kind of shit right here really grinds my gears. This really gets my taint irritated, and I, I really get puckered up, and not in a good way, whenever I read shit like this, because it doesn't make any sense. Maybe somebody can, can share a light on it. Maybe I'm not looking at it on, on the, in the right light or in the right aspect. I, I just don't see the, I literally don't see the reasoning for this stuff. Rare Pokemon Oreos are selling for thousands of dollars on eBay. New Pokemon Oreos are giving fans something to get excited about and providing collectors with a new avenue 
to potentially rake in thousands of dollars. Launched earlier this year, the new Oreo X Pokemon collaboration features the brand's traditional sandwich cookies, this time emblazoned with one of 16 Pokemon or Pocket Monsters for the uninitiated. Each, each pack includes a random selection of cookies that features feature classic characters like Pikachu and Charmander, but also one extremely rare Pokemon, the mythical Mew. And has long been the case with rare Pokemon cards, the rarest Pokemon cookies of all has become a hot commodity. An eBay search yields dozens of Mew Oreo cookies for sale with prices listed everywhere from $50 to $10,000 to $100,000. Some listings promise a mint-conditioned cookie. One claims the cookie was only handled with tongs, while others included include photos showing the snack tucked safely in a plastic baggie. Judging from the items listed as sold, a number of the cookies have gone for as low as a few dollars and for more than $15,000. Why? Why are why why are people spending $15,000, $20,000 on goddamn cookie that's going to that can break at, at the drop of anything. <laughs> Good job, crazy lady. Although I, I would have, I would have hit a couple of people just to remind them I was there. <laughs> it's insane. And they're cookies. Now there was a, another thing that just happened a few years ago with the famous or whatever brand it was champion brand. I can't remember, not champion, but it was not family. I think it was the famous. Yeah. The one with the F on it. They, they were selling Oreo cookies that sold out because they had red filling in the middle, and they were selling for $100, $1,000 packs of cookies. People were literally buying out the entire freaking store of cookies to resell them on eBay for several thousands of dollars. I mean, I have a hard time thinking that, hey, I want to buy A $10,000 pack. It's not even a pack from what I'm reading. It's only one cookie because it has a rare character on it. I I, I might be missing something. Again, I might be missing something. I I just, I might not be seeing it in the, seeing it in the right light. Maybe I'm the one who's, you know, was going speaking wild on the yard right now because I don't see the value of, sp- of spending $5,000 on a cookie. A cookie, not a card, not a, a plaque or a picture or a poster that was signed. No, a, t- a cookie. A cookie. I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see the value of it at all. Speaking of The Conjuring 2, Marco32257, one of the things that I read that isn't true is that one of the biggest dumps of money ever was wasting it on The Conjuring 2 budget. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I, I just don't understand that. That's 100% too, 100% too, Alchemist. It doesn't make sense as long as it makes money. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm not knocking the hustle. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not knocking the hustle. One thing is I don't, I'm, 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 I'm questioning 
the reasoning why. What's the point? I mean, it's a cookie. A cookie. For several thousands of dollars. Even the only thing I'm buying, I'm buying a pack of cookies for whatever money that I'm I'm told or I'm buying it from the store. That's about it. I'm not I'm not going to buy more. I'm not gonna pay more for a pack of cookies just because it has a character on it. Oh, I tell you. I wonder how much money I would have gotten with the circus animal cookies back in the day when now a lot of these animals are extinct. Hey, this is a rare lion. There's only 200 left in the wild. Let's go ahead. I'm selling this one for $1 billion. No? You don't think it would? It might have taken off. It might have taken off. Let's get back to some news. So for those of you who are in love with uh, with social media, I, I, I'm in love with social media, but the only social media that I, I really get on is Instagram. I'm not a big Facebook. I tried to do Facebook for a little while, but my family pissed me off with the ridiculous antics, the ridiculous shit, and, and the, the, ins, the, the, the re, just ridiculousness, ridiculousness all around, the, the just dumb shit. And I understand Facebook is meant for you to be your own individual and and post things that you like and comment on things. But I never liked Facebook. And this is more of a reason why Facebook is, is, is super toxic. Facebook apologizes after its AI labels black men as primates. Facebook issued an apology on behalf of its artificial intelligence software that asked users watching a video featuring black men if they wanted to see more videos about primates. The social media giant has since disabled the topic recommendation feature and says it's investigating the cause of the error, but the video had been online for more than a year. A Facebook spokesperson told the New York Times on Friday, which first reported on the story, that the automated prompt was an unacceptable error and apologized to anyone who came across to the offensive suggestion. The video uploaded by Daily Mail on June 27, 2020, documented an encounter between a white man and a group of black men who were celebrating a birthday. The clip, the clip captures the white man allegedly calling 911 to report that he is being harassed by a bunch of black men before cutting to an unrelated video that showed police officers arresting a black tenant at his own home. Former Facebook employee Darcy Groves tweeted about the error on Thursday after a friend clued her in on the misidentification. She shared a screenshot of the video that captured Facebook's keep seeing videos about primates message. Now, I don't know if you guys have been following the the <laughs> I was in Facebook jail for a while. I didn't, I didn't know what Facebook jail was until someone told me about it. And I was in Facebook jail a lot for ripping on my family members. I would just, I would come unglued on them for some of the dumb shit. And then I realized, yeah, I need to, I need to get out of that. So it's, I mean, for, for those of you who have been watching the news lately, it, did you guys hear the bombshell from the whistleblower from Facebook on how corrupt and disgusting their practices and everything was targeting innocent people and data and all this other stuff? Yeah. Facebook is, is pretty corrupt. It's pretty bad. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg or whatever is a Luckelberg. It, it doesn't, I, I don't know the guy's name, but he, he's, he's a bizarre, weird little fellow and he's not interested in, in the, in benefiting something for, for the world to enjoy. He's benefiting it for the for profit alone. I mean, you can't knock him. It is a business at the end of it. 
and he's made billions and billions and billions of dollars of it. Yes, since AI is programmed by humans, crazy lady, you're 100% right. AI can be convinced to be racist. I thought that was a, a fake misconception, but it is not. So on that note, let's go ahead and check out this song, which I feel is very appropriate for, for this topic that we are talking about today. Or not today, but right now. That was a two chains feds watching. I just thought that the song feds watching was appropriate for what we were talking about. At least I would think so. And we can go on forever about Facebook. I mean, Facebook, for those of you who use it, hey, I'm not, I'm not dogging you for using it. I just don't think that Facebook is really what it says. Me personally, I had to get off of it. I, I just couldn't do it. With, I think it was just my family. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it with my family. I think that was a big thing. <laughs> So those of you who are sports fans, and if you haven't noticed, the Houston Astros are playing the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Astros, even the series versus the Braves with game two win behind Jose Altuve. The Houston Astros, even the 2021 World Series at 1-1 with their 7-2 game two win over the Atlanta Braves on Wednesday night in Atlanta. But they weren't in Atlanta. They were in, they were in Houston. The Astros took a first-inning lead on Alex Bregman's sack fly that plated Jose Altuve. The Braves swiftly tied in a solo home run from the catcher Travis DeArnoud in the top of the second. But in the home half, but in the home half, the Astros took charge for good, thanks in large measures to five singles off Atlanta ace Max Fried and some speed on the bases. The Astros were able to play four runs in the inning. Oh, man. See, that, that's the thing. The Yankees haven't been relevant for several years. It's all about the Astros. The Astros have been dominating the last several seasons. They, I mean, they, I think this is like their, their eighth or ninth or sixth or seventh uh, World Series appearance. 
in the last in the last like nine years they've, they've been they've been killing it killing it i enjoy I, it's hard for me to watch the the entire 152 games a year but i do watch the world series it's really fun i'm hoping that the that the houston astros win because it's, i mean it's it's uh, I've, I've cheered for texas teams for a lot of years now and it's one of those deals i just want them to win <laughs> all about the yankees i don't i don't remember the last time the yankees won a game So speaking of crazy things that were for sale, a 10 foot wide house in Boston sells for 1.25 million, a 10 foot wide house in Boston sells for $1.25 million. In the latest example of a wicked hot housing market, a 10 foot wide house in Boston has sold for $1.25 million. Located in the city's historic North End neighborhood, the two-bedroom, one-bath home was built in 1890, according to city tax records, though some accounts say 1862. The real estate agency calls it the skinny house, measuring 1,165 square feet. Floor-through residence with three exposures offering a unique floor pan, manicured gardens, and private roof deck with unobstructed harbor and city views. The house is a frequent tourist spot seen along the Freedom Trail in Boston. Our first day for marketing the property there was about 50 to 75 people just photographing the house, just part of their walking tour, says Travis Sachs, the real estate agent who sold the house. Pretty amazing part of Boston just to see it and say, wow, look at this house. I can't believe somebody lives here. Mary McGee, who lives across the street and has been in the North End for over 40 years, tells Morning Edition that locals know the house as the narrow house or more commonly, as the spite house the legend is that two brothers inherited the land sometime around the civil war one of them went away to fight and came home to find that the other brother had built a bigger house than his share of the land so the returning soldier built a skinny house on the only space left if you google a skinny house boston you can see the images and it's pretty insane i mean it's surrounded by by apartments now I don't know if there's apartments or not. It looks like a part. They could be just one house, but it looks like several apartments, but the house is dead smack in the middle of it. And it looks pretty bizarre. 1.25 million though. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of bread. I mean, not, that's like, I don't know, man. That, that's, that's, that's like buying a three bedroom, two bath house. That's, 1,500 square feet for $450,000. That, that to me, that, that, that just seems like way too much money when you're just buying a three-bedroom, two-bath house for $450,000. I couldn't imagine paying $1.25 million just because the house is, because it's a skinny house. This is crazy. I don't know. I mean, so if you had the money, if you were a multimillionaire, 
if you were most <laughs> it's crazy huh marcos it, that, that that doesn't make any sense to me at all who would who would do that if you had the money if you're a multimillionaire and you saw this quote historic piece of of boston of boston fucking boston would you spend 1.25 million i mean you had the money to cover it you you had the money to cover it 1.25 million wasn't a, a huge a huge amount if you had if you had the ability to pay for if you had the ability to buy something close to that amount would you fork out 1.25 million on a house so if you had asked me this question like three years ago i would have told you fuck yeah i would have i would have bought the biggest goddamn. i wouldn't have bought that house though i mean i'm a big boy that's a little boy house i couldn't i mean i would buy that house for like a toddler it's like it, it, it's like uh what's his name oh with a zoolander which was one of the most the freaking funniest movies i have ever seen thing was it was freaking crazy so I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and play this real quick let's get back to the reason that we're really here without much further ado i give you the Derek zoolander center for kids who can't read good What is this? A center for ants? What? How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? When I see that house, that's the first thing that comes to my head. What is this, a house for ants? How do we expect to sell this house when only ants, when people can't even fit in this house? <laughs> if you would ask me five years ago, three, four years ago, if I was a multimillionaire, would I spend multi-millions buying a mansion? I would have told you 100%. Most definitely, I am buying the biggest, baddest mansion ever around. Now that I'm older. I like bare 35 older, but now that I'm older, I realize there is no way in goddamn hell that I am going to spend a million dollars, $400,000, $350,000 on a house because of the, the not the brag, but I, I just, for me personally, I just have a hard time spending that much money on a house. I think... I, I would I would have no problem spending two hundred thousand. Okay, two hundred fifty thousand. Okay, for two hundred fifty thousand, I can get a nice size house here in Texas. It's going to be used, but it doesn't matter if it's used, used or not. It's still a house, and I'm I'll be perfectly happy, and I won't have a huge overhead pay payment like two hundred thousand or two thousand dollars a month house payment because I spent four hundred fifty thousand or more on a house. I just have a hard time, but spending 1.25 million, I understand that, you know, there's a historic factor on it. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, it, it's the history. It's, it's this that I want to do. It's, that's the reason why I'm spending 1.25 million. I can, I can see myself spending 1.25 million on so many better things than just a house.
1.25 million is something that I, I can't bring myself to spending on a house. But for those of you who have the money and do it, hey, more power to you. I hope it brings you, you happy and prosperity and everything you want and you are looking for. Let's pause for another quick break. Let's listen to some Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, I like it, I love it. Just seems like appropriate song to to play after the conversation we just had. That's not really a conversation. You just listen to me talk, and hopefully I entertain you somewhat for your morning, afternoon, day. Last bit of news before we wrap it up. Mac and cheese is the ice cream you never thought you'd need now, and now it's hard to get. Mac and cheese. It's cheesy, it's creamy, it's warm and buttery. Oh, one more thing. Now it's an ice cream flavor and many people are asking why. We are living in the last days, comedian Josh Prey said on YouTube. Is this a terrible idea? Absolutely. Should this have been made? Gosh, no. This comes from the mind of a first grader. The limited edition flavored flavor created in celebration of National Mac and Cheese Day by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese and Van Leeuwen Ice Cream hit stores Wednesday. It's received its fair share of public outcry on social media, but the cold and cheesy treat is still sold out nearly everywhere. The companies wanted to combine two of the most iconic comfort foods to create an ice cream that the unforgettable flavor of Kraft macaroni and cheese we all grew up with, said Emily Violet, senior associate brand manager for Kraft macaroni and cheese in a news release. The ice cream is gluten-free and carries with it Kraft mac and cheese iconic yellow-orange color, Van Leeuwen sells it for $12 a pint alongside its other flavors, which include Earl Grey tea ice cream 
and a variety of other vegan options. At least it did before its site crashed because of the number of people trying to buy it. Would you try macaroni and cheese ice cream? I don't know if Marcos, I know, I, I know, I'm pretty sure that's one going to be one of your favorite ice creams. The macaroni and cheese will be something that you would enjoy eating. However, I don't see myself wanting to run out and go get macaroni and cheese ice cream. 